Brother Andrew, you can take those back, thank you, for that, and uh, aren't you glad that we have an answer? Uh, That answer is uh, Jesus, and so I'm thankful, Uh, I'm thankful for that. I don't know if it's just I got this too high, but I'm getting a little bit of an echo, Brother Guy, I don't don't know what it is, but um, Luke chapter number 15 that's, yeah, that, that's better. Luke chapter number 15, um, we've been talking about um, uh, consequences and uh, decisions, uh, how they mesh. We talked to, this morning about uh, bad choices that are based on selfishness and, and based on, uh, on worldliness. And um, to conclude, really, to, to wrap up uh, what we talked about this morning, uh, write these verses down, Romans chapter 8. In verses 5 through 8, listen to what the Bible says. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to... To the law of God, neither indeed can be, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, matter of fact, uh, Romans chapter 8 is just a, a fabulous, all of, of the whole, entire book of Romans uh, is really a, a theological basis uh, of what we believe and why we believe it. Uh, uh, but uh, Luke chapter 15, where we took our text uh, this morning and again tonight, is, is this story where this young man, he decides he's going to um, ask for uh, his inheritance and uh, he takes his inheritance and he leaves home. He goes off to a far country. He gets away from his responsibilities. He gets away from his family. He gets away from his authority and he takes what his father gives him and he wastes it on riotous living. So he, he leaves home and he, and he goes into the world and begins to think carnally and begins to think worldly and begins to make bad choices. And um, that's kind of where we left off this morning, that these bad choices uh, are based on selfishness. By nature, we are a selfish uh, people and um, it's also based on worldliness. And the closer we are to the world, the Bible says, uh, when we are in the world and of the world, we're at enmity with God. Okay, what does that mean? It means we're against God. And this idea that you can be in the world and 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 be with uh, God and holy things and spiritual spiritual things at the same time. It's just not true. You can't serve God and mammon. Uh, you're going to love the one and hate the other or hate the one and love the other. And so you've got to choose. We talked about it this morning. Uh, choose you this day whom you're going to serve, Joshua said. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Elijah said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, then follow him. And... Um, Remember Paul, when Paul was struck on Damascus Road and he got uh, born again, gloriously born again, he said, Lord, 
what would thou have me to do? And uh, we got to make a choice. we got to decide uh, where we are going uh, to uh, put our efforts, where we're going to serve. Are we going to serve self? Are we going to serve God? Are we going to serve the world? Are we going to serve holy things? Listen to me. You can't successfully do both. You can't. And uh, you are going to uh, fail uh, at one or the other because you just can't do, uh, uh, do them both successfully. That's like, a, that's like a mama. You ever seen a mama when, a, when, a, when a, uh, her girl becomes a teenager and she'd rather be a friend to her teenager than to be a mama? It's hard to be both. It's hard to do both. And you're going to fail at one. You're probably going to fail at the parenting one uh, because uh, we were given the responsibility, right, our responsibility is to raise our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I want to be my children's friend. I do. I want to be the person that my grown adult children come to and say, hey, I, I've got a problem and I, I need your opinion. I want that. Uh, uh, but, but, but more important than that, I want my kids to respect. To respect me, to respect their mom and... Um, and to know that we did our best to raise, to raise them up. And um, we've, we've got to be parents first, friends second. It's kind of like the ministry. I learned years ago when it comes to the ministry, I want you to know the, the order in which I made very clear when I came here and it has not changed and most of you are the same way. It's... God, family, ministry. You understand that? That's the biblical order. Now, it may not be your order, but that's the biblical order. Do you know how many pastors, how many evangelists, how many people that were monumentally successful in what they did and lost their families? Because they neglected what God gave them the responsibility for. I mean, you see it time and time and time again. Know what's important. Know what's important not according to man's opinion, but know what's important according to God's opinion, and then make your priorities according to God's, uh, God's facts, God's word, and uh, put to first things first. If you get them out of order, there's a lot of things I don't have figured out. You, can you agree with me? I mean, there's a lot of things we don't have figured out. But this much I know, God is a God of order. He is. You look in the Word of God, and He's a God of order in, in every aspect. And, and matter of fact, a, a, a false a balance is an abomination unto the Lord, the Scripture says. But a, a just way is His delight. And, and God has order in the home. God has order in the church. God has order in everything that he does. He is a God of order. And when he puts that in order, it's not up for vote. It's not up for opinion. Rankin Baptist Temple, every year, at the beginning of the year, let me tell you one thing we don't do. We don't vote whether this is the word of God or not. You're, listen to me. Your vote don't count whether that's the word of God or not. 
It's the Word of God. Whether you think it is or not, whether I think it is or not, that doesn't change, okay? So some things are, are order, and God said, this is it. This is the way it's supposed to be. Now, you can get it out of order, and you can make bad choices. And we often do uh, in our lives. And so we talked about it this morning, bad uh, choices. The second thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about tonight, not only bad choices, but bitter consequences. Uh, the title of the message is Choice meets consequence. Choice meets consequence. Verse 14, the scripture says this, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Every single decision we make has consequences. Good consequences, bad consequences. You have to understand, if you decide, I'll give you for instance, I know nothing about the stock market. I know nothing about investments. I know nothing about any of those things. But I do know this much. If you make a bad investment, you're going to lose money. If you invest, I remember my dad telling me this, uh, when everything happened in 08 and 09, and everything kind of crashed, keep your eyes open, folks. It's, it's coming again. I'm, I'm telling you, it's coming again. I don't know nothing about anything when it comes to financial stuff, uh, but I, it's, you can't just keep going up, 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 up. Sooner or later, it goes down, 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 down. Okay? And so, but my dad said this. He said all the money that he has invested, he said, um, I'm, I'm at the age now that I'm not going to be able to recover everything that I lost. There's a certain risk, isn't there? Listen to me. If you decide that you're going to go to Vegas and you're going to take $1,000 and you're going to go to Vegas and you're going to play the slots and you're going to go, you're going to go, into the, uh, uh, go in and play cards and do all these things, listen to me. Be ready to lose. There's, one, there's only one rule when it comes to that. The house always wins. Sooner or later, right, the house always wins. And so uh, it, we, 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 we spend it, and it's gone. I've told my children this. Have you, how many times have you told your kids this or, or even your spouse this? Listen, you can't spend it and have it. I mean, you just can't. Here, okay, here's your, here's, your, here's your allowance. We didn't do allowances in our household um, t- because, you know, you got food and, you know, clothes and a roof over your head and but whatever. Everybody's different. But we give them money, give them $20, and they decide, this is what I want. And they put their $20 down and they get $2 back because it was $18. And then they go somewhere else. And now something is $7. But you only have $2 left. But I had $20. Yeah, but you chose to spend it. And now that you chose to spend it, you can't have it. If you take it out of your account, you can't tell the bank, wait a minute, uh-uh, no way. Just the other day, I had this money in the bank. They're going to tell you, well, just the other day, you took that money out, right? So everything that we do, if, if, if we make a choice, there's an outcome to that choice. Now, it may be a good outcome. 
because you wanted to buy such and such, and now you have such and such, and praise the Lord, you wanted that, and it's great. And you don't have buyer's remorse and, and the whole nine yards, and it's wonderful. And the choice that you made was a good choice. But bad choices also come with consequences. And some of those consequences are very bitter. They're very, very bitter. And people often become bitter in their Christian life because of bad decisions that they made. Pleasure. I want you to know something about pleasure. I want you to know something about uh, things that make us feel good. They're only good for a season. They're only good for a season. I have been having this just this terrible shoulder pain trying to get this whole shoulder thing figured out and called our our, our resident nurse like you do and uh, talked to Miss Charlotte and Miss um, Charlotte said I've got this I've got this cream just rub this on your shoulder or you can rub it on there a couple times a day and it's like what? Whatever, I, it's, it's, and it's not Miss Charlotte. I'm just not a doctor or a nurse person. I, I've tried everything. This cream, oh my gosh, this cream is awesome. I mean, I don't know what's in this cream, but man, every night I put it on my shoulder, and I'm, I'm able to sleep at night. I'm just absolutely love. And all you gotta do is apply it to your shoulder, and it makes your shoulder feel better. It's just wonderful. I, mean, I don't want to know what's in it, Miss Charlotte. I don't want to know what's in it. But I just, I'm just, you know what it. It has a reaction, right? It has a, it has a consequence. Apply it to, to your life. Do you know God wants you to apply His Word to your life? God wants you to apply His principles to your life because God has got an outcome. And He's got this, he's got this picture because God is the potter, right? And we're the clay. Too often, we kind of switch that up a little bit. And we start telling God what should be happening. God, why aren't you doing this? And why can't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And God, I don't understand about this. And, and we think that we're the potter. But we're not the potter, we're the clay. And God says, listen, I've got a picture of what I want you to be. You may not be able to see it, but I can. That's what God says. Because that's what the potter can do. Have you ever, you ever seen a, somebody uh, uh, do pottery before? It's an absolutely unbelievable thing to see this lump of clay. It's kind of like a painter. A painter sees this blank canvas and sees this picture. Now you can't see it because it's in their head. And, but they can see it and as they paint. Anybody ever watched uh, Bob Ross paint? Oh my goodness. He makes it look like it's the simplest thing ever. We're just going to put a little tree right over here. Like, okay, now, tr- has anybody ever tried to do it while he was doing it? Yeah, your little tree over here doesn't look like his tree on there, right? I mean, he's got this picture of what he can see. And when you look at the picture in the beginning, my Emma loves to, loves to paint and she loves to draw. And, and sometimes she'll, she'll, she'll be doing something at the house and she'll come and show it to me. And I'll say, maybe I don't know what you're trying to do, but that is terrible. Yeah, I know. Wendy says to me all the time, babe, you go too far. Don't ask me. Don't ask me and I won't tell you. She says, Dad, this is what she says to me all the time. Dad, I'm not finished. You have to see the finished product. Okay, but I'm telling you, that's terrible. She goes back into her room. A couple hours later, she comes out, and I'm telling you, masterpiece. 
I'm like, Emma, how in the world did you get from what you showed me two hours ago to this? I just saw it, Dad. I just saw it. I knew what I wanted to do, and I did it. Can I tell you God knows what he wants to do? And if you'll let him, he'll mold you into what you need to be. He'll mold you into the best you. Here's our problem. Our problem is we get our hands in it when we shouldn't get our hands in it. We change things that shouldn't be changed. We question things that God does in our lives because understand Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. God's working everything together and He's molding us and He's making us. And people might be looking right now and going, I don't know what you're trying to do, but that looks terrible. Don't judge me. I'm a work in progress. You've seen all these bumper stickers, right? And why? Because God is still working on me. God is still working on you. But when you make bad decisions, when you make bad choices, you end up with bitter, bitter consequences. Let me give you three things when it comes to these bitter consequences and tonight will be done. Number one, sin left this young man wanting. Left him wanting. Now listen, think about it with me for a second. Give me my inheritance. Now I don't know how much it was. But it was enough for him to make a decision to leave, leave home and go. And I can't, How many of us know that no amount of money is ever enough? It's not, right? It's not enough. I mean, the more money you make, the more money it goes out, it seems like. And, and every time you get something in, and it's got to go back out. And boy, you just, it's, it's, like a, it's like a cycle. And you hold on to money too hard, then that money will hold on to you. It will get a grip of your heart. You know what money ought to be? It ought to be a resource. It pays the bills, Right? Buys things, you know, when God blesses us with more, it buys us things that we want. I mean, it's a, it's a conduit. And that's, by the way, what we should be in every area of our life. We should be a conduit. Allowing God to flow through us so that we can be a help. Whether it's money or time or whatever talents, whatever it is that you have in your life, that, that God can use you. Because, by the way, this world is not our home, right? The song says we're just passing through. Our problem is we have our tent stakes way too deep in this world. And what do we need to do? We need to not be living for this world. We need to be living for the next. And we're so worried about things that are going on in this world. It's kind of like, it's kind of like worrying about our neighbors. Trying to keep up... And, and I'm sorry, Joneses, but that's just, the way it, that's just the way it goes. It's like Joe. Joe always gets the bad rap. But keeping up with the Joneses, right? Always trying to say, okay, well, he has this. Well, why can't I have that? She has this. Well, why can't I have that? And, and we, we're trying to keep up. Why? Because we have our minds and we have this worldly thinking we talked about this morning so fixated in this world that we're, that we're uh, spiritually useless. Listen, we need to let those things go and realize that pleasure is just for a season. Things are just for a season. Listen, I, I apply that cream, and man, my shoulder feels good, but guess what? 
it wears off. Isn't that life? Isn't that how life is? I mean, let's go back to the illustration of money. You get this money and you think to yourself, finally, I got ahead. And then, somebody smacks you with a IRS calls or something, you know, something, something happens that all of a sudden now you owe this money that you didn't think you owed. And boy, I'm telling you, pleasurable sin is only pleasurable for a season. Happiness is only pleasurable for a season. See, God's people aren't happy. God's people are joyful. You see, joy lasts forever. Joy isn't based on circumstances. If you give me a a thousand dollars, I'm happy. As soon as that thousand dollars is gone, I'm unhappy again. But whether you give me money or not, I have the joy of the Lord in my life. Whether I have the greatest things in the world or not, I have the joy of the Lord in my life. Can, can you understand this? At any moment, God can take everything you have away. Just like that. And it all can be gone. And if, you're, if your happiness is based on things, if your happiness is based on circumstances, you're sooner or later going to be a bitter, bitter person. One thing this world can never take away is Jesus. We have Jesus in our lives. That doesn't change. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He promised in Hebrews 13 that He'd never leave us and He'd never forsake us. Sin will always leave you wanting. He had it all and then He lost it all. It was all gone. It was all gone. He was bitter. Sin left Him wanting. Number two. Sin left him wallowing. Think about this. Uh, What was he wanting for? He was wanting for food. He was wanting for funds. He was wanting for friendship. I mean, here he had all this stuff. He spent it all. And by the way, by the way, when you're on the mountaintop and you have all the money and you're you're footing the bill, you've got all sorts of friends. They're all there with you. They're all there for you. I mean, let's go. Hey, you're paying. Let's go. And then everything falls apart. Listen, when did that, where did he end up? He ended up in the pig pen. He ended up wallowing. And guess what he did? It's kind of like David. You remember what David did? He looked to his right, man, uh, right hand and what happened? No man cared for his soul. I mean, the Saul, Saul's against him, and this is happening, and that's happening, and man, it's just absolutely, mis- he's running for his life, and no man, I mean, his men are against him now, and no man cared for his soul, and I tell you, this guy looked around, I mean, he had all sorts of friends when everything was going well, and now, he's with the swine, he's with the pigs, he don't have any food, He don't have any funds. They're all gone. Because, by the way, when you're done paying the bills, somebody somebody else ain't going to come along and pay it. They're they're gone with the wind. And then he looks around and he has no friends. I mean, it's absolutely lonely when you're bitter. It's absolutely lonely when you're living with the consequences of your choices. And so... He begins 
to wallow. He begins to wallow in the pig pen. He begins to wallow in his sin. He begins to wallow in his, in his circumstances. He begins to wallow in his decisions. I don't know what he's thinking. All we know is what God says here. But I can imagine him thinking, why in the world did I make that choice? Why in the world did I go that far? Why in the world did I take all my inheritance? It's all gone. I have nothing left. I mean, there, by the way, there was a lot to be bitter over. But there was only one person to blame. You see, we're often bitter. But too often we blame everybody else for our bitterness. It's because of my circumstances. It's because of my upbringing. It's because of my job. It's because of my spouse. It's because of my children. It's because of my parents. It's because... We have all these excuses why we're bitter, but we never blame ourselves. Do you know, often we find ourselves in the situations that we're in because of our own bad decisions. So stop blaming everybody else. Take responsibility for yourself. Let me tell you what this young man had to do. He had to come to himself. You know what that means? That means put on the brakes and decide, well, wait a minute. I blew it. I messed up. Do you know you're never, ever going to get out of your bitterness as long as you blame your parents? As long as you blame your spouse? Listen, when I sit down with a couple and and they begin to uh, talk bad about each other, I say, listen to me, you married them. I had this person come to me and said, listen, I mean, all he does is fish. I mean, he fishes in the morning. He fishes at night. I mean, when he's off, he fishes. He's gone fishing. He goes on the boat and fishes. He fishes in the river. He fishes, fishes. I mean, all he does is fish. I mean, she was just going waxing eloquent about fishing. I said, that's interesting. Did he fish before you met him? Yeah. Did he fish like that when you married him? Yeah. Well, then what are you thinking? Why are you complaining about it if you already knew that it was going to happen? Is that what we do? Listen, I would be happier if it wasn't for her. Go all the way back to the beginning. Right? It's the woman that thou hast given me. God, ultimately, it's not his fault. God, ultimately, it's your fault. If you didn't put her in my life, if you didn't, if you didn't put him in my life, if he would have just done better. Kyle was showing me this YouTube or TikTok or whatever, something. It was, it was some kind of thing, uh, social media thing, about this woman. I mean, she was carrying on. By the way, when you go on social media, you're telling the whole world. I don't understand the concept of people's minds. I just don't get it. But she's going on. Her, her, her son decided that he was going to go to his girlfriend's uh, 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 house for Thanksgiving, and the daughter couldn't come because of her job, and she was just snotting and crying and carrying on about how bad her kids are and how about nobody loves, and we're just not going to have Thanksgiving this year. And, I mean, she just kept going on and on and on. And I'm thinking to myself two things. One, why are you sharing this with the world, A? And B, why is it every... You know, 
the way you're carrying on, maybe they came up with that excuse so they didn't have to come see you. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. I, I, I couldn't. I don't know the lady. But I'm thinking to myself, why don't we start, listen, why don't we start taking some blame for our own decisions? Why don't we start saying, like this young man did when he came to himself, you know what? I made some bad choices. I made some bad decisions. You know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that or gone there or whatever it is, whatever that choices you made. Uh, maybe you should come to the conclusion that I'm the problem. And when you come to that conclusion, then you can start working on a solution. But until you come to that conclusion, you'll never come up with a solution. You know why? Because you'll say, so-and-so, it's so-and-so's problem. And because of so-and-so, if I just get them out of my life, then, then it'll be okay. No, the problem is, you can get everybody out of your life, but you're the problem. And you carry yourself around everywhere you go. So we've got to come to ourselves. We've got to make, make the decision and understand the consequence that comes with bad choices that we make. And stop making bad choices. I don't get it. I don't get I don't, I don't. I don't see how hard it is. Somebody sent me a thing uh, a while back about, uh, about counseling. The guy was famous. I can't remember who it is. But uh, he did this little thing and, and, uh, about counseling. And, and this girl came in for counseling. He said, listen, I can solve all your problems. It's only going to take one session, and it's only going to take $20. Well, she was excited about that. Have you ever been to a therapist? They're not cheap. And so he said, okay, she said, he said, okay, but you can't question me. This is what I say goes. She said, okay. He said, all right, you have, and he timed her, said, you got such and such to tell me what the problem is. And she began to tell him such and such and all the problems that are going on and all the, all the things that she's doing and all the choices that she's making. And she gets to the end, he stops. He says, that's it. She said, okay. He said, I got a solution. She said, what's the solution? He said, stop it. She said, excuse me? He said, stop it. Stop making those bad decisions. Stop going to these places. Stop going. Stop doing these things. Just stop it. And she said, oh, no, no, no. He said, oh, no, no, no arguments. Just go out and stop it. If you run in your mouth and gossiping, stop it. If you're saying things you shouldn't say, stop it. If you're going to places you got, no, that's elementary. Yeah, I know. But I don't know how we don't get it. Right? You're doing the things you shouldn't be doing. You're reaching these consequences. We'll stop doing it. Let me tell you, you know, I talked about it this morning about credit card debt. Stop using credit cards. Just stop it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do, well, then stop it. Don't do it. If you can't afford it, don't do it. Right? But that's not the way we live. That's not the way we Because this is what we think. This is how we live. This is the world in which we live today. Mom and dad worked for 50 years, 40 years, however long it is, to get the things that they have. Today's generation want to get married and have what they have that took them 40 years. It's facts. And by the way, they've set it all up so you can I mean, that's just the bottom line. I mean, you just go out and get credit cards and go out and buy things on time and go out, and then guess what happens? You end up getting buried. And you think to yourself, 
what in the world happened? You made some bad choices. Stop making those choices. Let me tell you what this young man did. He stopped. I love the word. I use it all the time. I say, I talk about it all the time. In the Psalms, the word selah, it literally means to pause. It means to stop. Do you know the psalmist said, be still and know that I am God? You know the psalmist says to wait upon the Lord? We don't like to be still and we don't like to wait. Did you, I mean, if I had to use the pulpit mic, I'd probably die of a heart attack. I, I, I cannot stand. I don't like to be still. I like to be, our recliners have a rocking ability. Why? Because I don't like to sit still. I like to rock. I like to spin. I like to, I like to walk. I, li- I like to move. And I certainly am not a fan of waiting. There is a list of places that I don't go because you have to wait too long to go to them places. And I don't like, I, listen, I don't eat fast food. I just don't eat fast food. But every once in a while, especially if Emma's home, she likes to go to Zaxby's. Anybody like Zaxby's? I don't understand what, what part of fast food Zaxby's doesn't get. I have never been in a Zaxby's line where I didn't wait 30 minutes or, or more. I'm, I'm telling you, I swear, every single time, and I'm, and I'm fuming the whole time that I'm waiting in line. You know what my wife said? Stop going there. It's pretty good advice. Just stop it. So I don't go there anymore. Very rarely. Unless my daughter talks me into it or somebody else talks me into it, I just don't go. Why? Because I don't like to wait. I don't like to go to amusement parks. I don't like to. Why? Because you have to wait, 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 wait. We don't want to wait. But you know what God said? Be still. Don't. You know what wait on the Lord means? It means don't get ahead of me. I've got a plan. Trust my plan. Trust what I'm doing. Believe what I'm doing. Don't get. Now, listen, that's hard. Because often we'll get ahead of God. Often we'll think that we're helping God by making decisions that we ultimately end up having to live with for the rest of our lives. And I tell young people all the time, I've shared my testimony with uh, uh, many uh, young people that got themselves in a, in a pickle um, and, 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 are, and are living with the consequences now. I said, listen to me, there are some things that you live with the consequence and it's over. There's some things that you live with the consequences for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life. And you just, that's just the way it goes. So be careful what you do. Be careful where you go. Don't end up being bitter. And why do I say that? Because I see it every day. I see Christians. I see people that I believe are born again. I believe that they know Christ as their Savior, but they're walking around bitter because of choices that they've made, bad choices they made, bad decisions that they made, and now they're living with the consequences. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this time that we can look into your word. I pray uh, that your word uh, would look into us, change us, help us to make good decisions. Help us to live for you. Help us to honor you with our lives. Help us to have a biblical view, not a worldview. Help us to live righteously and holy in this present world. Lord, we need thee. 
Every hour we need thee. And I pray you'd help us if we are bitter. Help us if we are in the cycle of sin, if we're in the cycle of making bad choices. Help us not to wallow. Help us to stop. Help us to pause. Help us to be still and know that you are God. We love you tonight and thank you for your love for us. Dismiss us with your blessing and give us a great week this week, Lord, as we seek to honor and glorify your good name. We'll love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.